from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. A bill proposing child removal from homes with fentanyl spikes, a charged debate. Five people died in Seattle from extreme hypothermia during the... I can't even read anymore. Five people in Seattle died from hypothermia during the extreme cold. 200 churches declined to take anybody in in Spokane. Pretty amazing. That one That one just rocked me to my socks. Before we get to if all I that, though, uh, Spike and I did a digital exclusive yesterday on our YouTube channel, which has an unfortunate name, and I have no idea why someone would have named it the way that they chose to Spike name it. Spike and Jack? What they did. You would imagine that in for in terms of like search engine optimization, it mm-hmm. would just be the Spike and Jack show. Oh, Jack and Spike. But they okay, it doesn't matter. Okay. And You're instead what they decided to do was call it the Jack and Spike show on Cairo News Radio, which is a pretty awful name for a YouTube channel. I don't know why why didn't anybody talk to me about this, Laura? What happened with this? We didn't do this. I know you didn't do this. I did not do this. <laughs> right. So whoever did we're obviously gonna have to make an entirely new one because this is just a huge disaster. But you can't you, rename it? I'm sure we could rename it. It's just I'm on like, it now. Let me try. It's just in terms of search engine optimization, it's a pretty abysmal. It's too long, right? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't roll off the tongue. But that's what you have to type in if you want to see uh, uh, Spike and I. We were talking about just Trump's courtroom sketch artist hate him, and it's a digital-only exclusive. You can only find it there, or you can find it right now. My Northwest, if you go to the website, you can see it. It's uh, on the front page, and you can watch Spike and I crack wise, because that courtroom artist clearly did not like former President Donald Trump. That's right? that's it's an easy assessment to make. Right, because it was just an, kind of an unfair portrayal of America's greatest president. So, there is a bill proposing child removal from homes with fentanyl. Now, this is charged, this sparked a pretty heated debate amongst people for what I think should be otherwise a pretty common it's pretty. Everyone should pretty much be on the same page with this, right? Yeah. The, one of the doctors. Yeah, you're right. I think everybody should be on the same page with this. The law is basically saying that if they uh, make a uh, police come to a home and they find uh, the synthetic opioid fentanyl in the home, it's in the best interest of the child to be removed. Right. Within 72 hours, there has to be a hearing by a judge deem what is best for the child. And there were actually witnesses, medical doctors, who spoke at this hearing that said it. it there is no. Let me get the exact quote because if, if I, I don't want to butcher the quote because it's that bad. Says there is no evidence that removing a child from a home uh, it, it decreases the, uh, the likelihood that he will die from fentanyl. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, Some people really like to just bend the l- rules l- of l- argumentation. L- l- me, right? There's no evidence. I found it here. There's no evidence that separating children from their parents means that they're less likely to die of any cause, much less from accidental ingestion. If you're putting me in another fentanyl house, there is no less chance. But if you're, if it, there's fentanyl in a house and a kid is removed, there, you, you lessen the chance. Right. So if one house has hot pockets and the other house doesn't have hot pockets. Right. The, the, the chance of the kid's exposure to hot pockets goes down dramatically. That's common pretty, sense pretty common you. sense, right? Senate Bill 6109. It, this really makes a lot of sense because fentanyl is a drug. I, there's a lot of kind of woo-woo around fentanyl about when it's, oh, if you breathe it, you're going to die. That's not so much. You have to come in direct contact with it, or, or actually in, ingest it. Right. The, which which little kids? Which do, little that's kids what they do. love to put things in their mouths? And so I think that this is probably. It, it, I understand that we we often argue on behalf of parental rights. I have done so myself. If you're doing fentanyl, powdered fentanyl around your kids, you shouldn't have kids at that point in time. That's right. the biggest red flag there is. In San Diego, there was a case that completely uh, changed the way that California does their child CPS services. And in this case, 
There was a, a young kid whose stepfather was incredibly physically abusive. And these social workers just kept saying, well, we'll do counseling. And we'll do counseling and counseling and counseling. Right. Eventually that child died. And those social workers were all sent to prison, as they should have been, because they didn't intervene at all and they didn't call the police. If a social worker can't intervene when it, or a, a doctor can't intervene when a child has ingested fentanyl, I, what society – because we're trying to protect, to protect parental rights, what kind of society are we living in? Well, a lady, uh, Lori Vandenberg from the uh, Child Advocacy Center, Dawson Place, right. said that it's not – uh, I mean, I guess it's it's not realistic to believe that parents who are actively using fentanyl and other drugs are going to be able to carefully track where they store their drugs. Yes, they're, they, they're not going to know. They're not going to put them away safely, right? Because there's a kid in the house. They're they're addicted to drugs. So Jennifer Justice testified against the bill, stating that her two newborn babies were taken from her by the state due to her opioid addiction. She said the system failed to provide the necessary support, leading to an eight year battle with addiction, depression, and homelessness. Um, so I got a little bit of a background on the spike, you know, cause my ex used to work with in, in neonatal care right, with addicts right, right. and her job was to try to get opiate moms, heroin moms or meth moms to, to keep their kids. Okay. But a condition of that was you can't have any drugs in your system when you birth that child because the state will, and they will come and they will take it away because you've been shown that you can't handle a child just because the baby has drugs in its system. Okay. That's as a clinician, that's the system that she adhered to. That's the system that the state adhered to. I don't really care. No offense to Jennifer Justice. I don't really care if the system failed her, right? Because yeah. of her opiate dependence. You were doing drugs while you were pregnant. That's on you, lady. Like I, I hate to be mean about I'm not trying to be mean about right, it. Right. But if you want to go around and cry about it, it I just say like lady, like you found out that you were pregnant and you decided to continue to use. That is a choice that you made. That is on you at that point in time. Yeah. It's I not do, the state. Although I do see some some basis in her statement that there has to be a system in place that helps addicts beat addiction. I think I, I drove sure. that from her statement. I mean, you know what I'm saying? There's, I, if you're going to take kids from parents and put them in CPS, make sure there's adequate facilities and resources at CPS to make sure that these kids are being cared for in a safe and proper manner. Right. Well, I mean, While the parent gets help to become clean. I mean, there's lots of foster families out there. Do you know what I mean? There's lots no, of people yeah, yeah. that love to be foster parents. And so I, I think that that's probably the system that we need to adhere to. Like, I don't think that people... I mean, how many stories have we read about kids coming in contact with drugs and up in the, dozens yeah, at this easily. point in time? So I just kind of think to myself, I go like, I don't see how anybody could be against this unless you're trying to be as much as I hate this phrasing, but you're trying to be super progressive and you're trying to create this perfect utopic world where we can take somebody who's heavily addicted to drugs and convince them slowly over time that they shouldn't do drugs because they're pregnant. You can ask my ex about this. She'll tell you, she'll do a full dissertation about the amount of time she's walked into a, a hospital room with a woman who's about to deliver a baby. And that woman says, I'm going to go use as soon as I'm done here. It is unreal. Yeah, and yeah. some of them don't want their kids. So it's kind of thing where it's like, I, I get why people I ostensibly why they are against it, but yeah. this is the kind of thing that seems pretty common sense to me. Laura, you're giving me eyebrows like I said something wrong. No, What's I'm just, going I'm on just here? cringing at that uh, story. Oh, like what? That, that, yeah, the mom that, who's that's just so I'm going to give birth and go get, go get hammered. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. I mean, a, I'm re beast. sorry, my face is reacting to the story that you're <laughs> that's, telling that's, that's a beast and of how upsetting now. it yeah. is. So, yeah. but the thing is, I don't think a lot of people. Some people are so damaged and they're so traumatized and they're and they're as a result, they're such addicts that even when they are pregnant, they don't care. 
and it's sad, and that baby has to be taken away. Yeah, but in yeah. that way, it, that's a good thing, right? I think we can understand that. And I, I think that all too often people think that just because a woman has a baby, she deserves to keep that baby. That's not true. We all know that. We all understand, right, that there are there are circumstances in which that simply cannot take place. True. but And there's also evidence, though, that a family unit is the best way to move through life, right? Having sure, a, sure. And, that, and in that regard, my early statement, let's get the parent clean. Let's have a foster system in place where the baby can be safe until that's a, that happens. Yeah, solution-oriented. I yeah, like that yeah. a lot more. Uh, speaking of solution-oriented, by the way, at least five people died in Seattle from hypothermia during the extreme cold. What a downer of a segment this is, right? Bad news bears. Yeah. I said that this was going to happen before it happened. You I said, there, I said there were going to be people who were going to die this weekend because it's so cold. What I was really surprised to read about was more than 200 Spokane churches were asked to open their doors to homeless people during the dangerously cold weather. Only four agreed. So let's just ballpark this. Let's say some of them just didn't pick up the phone that day. Some of them just didn't answer any emails, mm. right? Oh, okay. You're being generous. I'm okay. going to be generous. Let's. What do you want to ballpark that at? 50 of up. them? Okay. Oh, that's, you're being very generous. God bless you. Uh, if I try. Don't, they, don't they work on Sundays? Uh, one would think. One would um, think, but you know, know There's a cold snap coming. You're going to count on the generosity and, 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 and compassion of a community. You reach out to churches because that's the hotbed and the, the bedrock of compassion, right, and, and community. And, okay, so 25% of them don't pick up the phone. 50 of them don't pick up the phone. That's 150 that got the message that we need help. It's a freeze coming. There's a cold snap coming. There's more coming before the end of the winter, by the way. Spokane gets colder even than Seattle does on a constant basis. But it can, let's just play a little devil's advocate here for like two seconds. You can understand that there are churches and communities that have been taxed emotionally, physically, of their resources. Yeah. Because yeah. of the homeless population. Okay. And then the You're state right. comes right. hat in hand and says, gee whiz, you guys, we know that we, you know. We ask a lot. We ask a lot. Yeah. We expect you to, like, deal with, like, open needle use. And we ask you to, like, you know, deal with, like, a, a encampments and all this other kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. We know. But would you guys maybe mind maybe just this one time. Because it's going to uh, be freezing and go, people could die. It's going to be freezing because people are going to die. Mm -hmm. Would you mind just this one time letting in. Some homeless people who might ruin your facilities, maybe not. Are we going to cover the damages? Maybe. Like, I understand why some of these places probably had to turn it down because yeah, but, of but, insurance reasons or whatever it might be, right? No, you're right. You're right. And it, in that regard, I'll give you maybe 25% of them had valid reasons not to open their doors and open their community and their hearts to this population that was living on the streets that was in danger of freezing to death. But, but. 200 churches, four said yes. Sure. That's 2%. 2%. 98% of the churches in Spokane couldn't help in a freeze where homeless people were exposed to, to this death. Is what, this is what I mean by empathy fatigue that I think that a lot of people feel. This is what yeah. I mean by empathy fatigue where they might have wanted to years past. But now, because of all, we, so people don't really view homeless people as people anymore. That's, they view them as a different kind of human being, right? Oh. I think that's a pretty fair way to assess. No, it. I think you're horribly true. It's not right, but this is, and all, all too often, homeless individuals, you're dealing with mental illness. You're dealing with, yeah. uh, you know, when yeah, I, no, when you're I was, right, um, you're right, you're right. Did I ever tell you guys about the time I stayed in a youth shelter in here, up here in Queen Anne? No. So I was, you remember I told you that story. I was staying with a buddy of mine. I was helping him build a studio up in yeah. Queen Anne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, one uh, evening, the guys that I was staying with, to make a very long story short, there was basically like a big drug fight 
And so I left and uh, I went to the hospital because I had been injured in said drug fight. <laughs> and while I was there, I was and I was 20, I think at the time, 21, maybe that there was a, a doctor there who said there is a youth shelter over in the U district that you can go stay at tonight. And I recommend that you do that. Now, being that I had left my cash and my wallet at the apartment, I didn't really have a whole lot of choices. So they gave me a, a voucher to go over to the U district. This is in like February. Right. Yeah. So I go over to the U district and to, again, make a very long story short, I met up with a heroin addict named Tony who stole textbooks from a dumpster in the U district and then walked around the block and went to a different bookstore and sold those textbooks to that (laughs) bookstore so that he could then go buy money for heroin. And then to make another long story short, we uh, eventually I get into this shelter. Now, the shelter was a gymnasium that had basically like gym gym mats 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 down yeah yeah down and then you put your stuff in a blue one of those blue storage bins okay they they had showers but you weren't allowed to use the showers because one kid tried to stab another kid in the shower so you weren't allowed to use those and they had washing machines but they were broken so you couldn't use those and then also you had to be inside by 7 30 if you left after 7 30 they would not let you back back in in. even to get your stuff and so when we talk about, like, it was very carceral. It was very regulated. You okay. know what I mean? It yeah. was very particular. Out of necessity. But and yeah. so, but this is the point that I'm making. It's a, a lot, I think that in so many cases, people say, I just don't want that in my church, or I just don't want that in my yeah, gym. Yeah, yeah. And I can't really blame them when the stories that they hear from people is, hey, when you try to help people out of kindness and generosity, you might end up having a stabbing victim. That's, you know what I mean? That's a big ask. And largely, I think that comes from the fact that we're not necessarily so much dealing with a drug crisis right now in King County's. We're dealing with a mental health crisis, and the yeah. f- and the fixation on fentanyl and the fixation on all this other stuff is just kind of a a, a way of self medicating. Well, yeah, but it's also a the massive distraction. Things, right? When I see other local commentators, what are they always crying and whining about? Fentanyl, fentanyl, fent. They're always oh, let me go down Third Avenue and let me mm-hmm. film all these people who are at the. But what they never talk about is the fact that these people are likely schizophrenic, bipolar, uh, borderline personality disorder, cluster B personality disorder. They never talk about it. It's always the cartels and fentanyl and Biden's border and yada, da da da. But what the real solution here is, is you have to subsidize mental health care for these people, which is why my army doctor idea, I've been talking about this for years. Did I tell you about this idea? No. Army doctors, Dr. Army, you get... All the doctors in King County who have any ability to prescribe or to take on new patients or whatever, and you basically ask them for a Saturday out of the month mm-hmm. to take on eight clients. I'm talking every doctor in King County. doesn't okay. matter if you're a psychiatrist, psychologist, DO, doesn't make any, OBGYN, doesn't make any difference to me. <laughs> you ask them to take on eight clients that the state pays for, right? Okay. And you cut them their meds, whatever they might need. And you are a, you are sign a waiver. You sign a legal document where you are removed from any legal recourse if that person does something kooky crazy. Okay. So you are then treating that person without having it affect your license. Does this make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. It's subsidized by the state. And what you get in return for your time is not – we don't necessarily pay you for it, but you get tax breaks for your practice. I like that. Totally voluntary. So you get people who actually want to do it. Okay. And they only have to take on like eight clients. They only have to do it one time a month. How fast do you think people, as soon as they got balanced out on their meds, 
would be, and you give the you give the homeless people vouchers so they can go get their meds. How fast do you think you get twenty five percent of those people off the streets? Yeah, that's, six months. Yeah, probably so. So you give them a little Seroquel, maybe a little Prozac. All of a sudden, they're like, "Geez, what am I doing in dreadlocks, smoking fentanyl when I could go back to Wisconsin or whatever it is?" <laughs> There's a way to fix this problem. Yeah, and the fixation on the drug aspect of it. I mean, if it's not fentanyl, it's going to be something else. It's going to be you know bathtub gin or banana peels, right, right, whatever right. people can do to Why get, get high. their hands on the right. ease the strain. Yeah. But I've had this idea for a long time that you need to get a physician army out there to actually go out there and diagnose people and also give people 5150s. But just flat out say this person is a danger to themselves in society, right? I mean, this is really, it takes a, a concentrated effort. It does not take whining and complaining about drugs or whatever it is. Because that's a very small fraction of the problem. The bigger problem is mental health. Agreed. So there's a way to fix this. And I, and I appreciate you showing me the other side of only four churches of 200 said yes to the homeless. Well, God bless those churches. Yeah, you know, the, the four that, let's let's look at the pew is half full, not half empty, I guess. <laughs> By but the way. that story just broke my heart when I saw that headline. Four, yeah, of, four of, of 200. Right. Yeah. Um, by the way, I did fix our YouTube channel name. What's it called now? The Jack and Spike Show. Oh, yes. Thank Look you so you. much. Watch the numbers fly. Here's the problem. <laughs> Nobody listens to me around here except for Laura, which is why I like Laura and no one else. Not even you, Andrew, even though you listen to me about 80% of the time. <laughs> Laura, I need something. Laura does it. Mm-hmm. This is great. Does like gas, too. The Jack and Spike Show. You can find our digital exclusive on YouTube where we showed it's. You can actually see Spike and I interacting. Visual content, visual medium. Yeah. It's great. And you, you can subscribe. Yeah. You, and you we, can yeah. comment. All comments is engagement. So you comment whenever you want. It's all good for the algorithm. We'll take a really quick break. We'll be right back because Kamala Harris had a goof and a gaff with Gen Z. She's going to be the next Joker, right? She's going to be the next uh, uh, Why So Serious. You know what I'm talking so? about? I yeah. Gen Z loved this. So. Uh, I Ooh. think it's okay. We'll talk about it when we get back right after this. This is not the bumper. This is not the one. What is this? Is this Rush? You bet it's Rush. I got to slip a little bit of Rush. I got I to gotta diversify our music here. Bum, 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 Spike's bum, rocking bum. out. So why, why is he? I don't want Spike to rock out. I want Mickey to rock out. So if Mickey's not vibing, I'm not vibing. If, I'm vibing? What are you talking about? No, I need you to vibe like when we play your intro music. Oh, for sure. Right. All right. So speaking of vibes, by the way, Kamala Harris... Uh, I was talking about Gen Z the other day, and what's so weird about Kamala Harris is I'm almost positive that she's gonna be that she's gonna be walking around in a purple suit, talking about you wouldn't get it, talking about you know what I mean. <laughs> I she's gonna be walking around in a purple suit, talking about uh, uh, you know what I mean. What do you get when you take a a, an, a loner and you antagonize him from society? You get what you deserve, Robert De Niro. Bang! <laughs> this is what I'm saying, man. Like if you this is not Kamala Harris is on the cusp of of burning millions of dollars just because she can standing over Aaron Eckhart saying I I'm like a dog chasing a car I don't know what I would do if I got it like this is she's literally right there and no one can see it but me because I'm Batman here's what Kamala Harris had to say the other day about Gen Z I see our college students And let me just tell you, I love Gen Z. I don't know if something, you know, I love Gen Z. <laughs> so, okay, for the older adults, this is going to be a humbling thing I'm about to share with you. If someone is 18 years old today, they were born in 2005. 
Oh, yeah, check that out. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> and then... And then the right, demonic right, laugh. Right, oh. And then right after that, she said, do you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is not... Why so serious? Right, exactly. I mean, this oh. is really, really not a the way that we should continue. We, Kamala Harris is creepy. She is, uh, has a weird laugh. It's not funny that, that if someone was 18, they were born in 2005. That is the kind of joke that makes a baby laugh because they don't understand what the joke is. They just understand that you're smiling. Yeah. My corner saying, of the leftist internet is calling this elementary school principal energy. Yeah, but they are loving it. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah. Totally. Okay. okay. Totally. This is a Gen Z is pro Kamala Harris. Like they're saying this is like stoner thoughts and goofy <laughs> and fun. This is dark. And this is maybe the most liked she's ever been. This is wow. really dark. As a as a cop. This is like yeah. <laughs> Kamala Harris, I understand that she's trying to connect with the voters. If we have a President Harris, it's gonna be pretty funny. Can we just admit that? It's gonna be the it's gonna be like season eighteen of, of the United States. It's gonna be pretty funny if president <laughs> it's a little jumpy the shark, right? It's a uh-huh, little bit yeah, within yeah, fawns, yeah. jump the shark. But at the same time, it would be pretty funny if we had uh, President Harris because she can barely say anything without bursting into laughter. She's or, nervous. It's nervous energy, right? It's it's high school or it's it's elementary high, school principal, principal energy. energy. That's, yeah, that's good. Where she was she used to teach second grade and then she got her way got a got promoted to vice principal mm-hmm. and then the principal retired and then she was given that job and now she's got to be overseeing star testing and she's got to talk to the superintendent but she still has that little kid energy yeah you know what i mean yeah i'm watching her it's hard to watch it's like and see now is the purple suit you paid for it <laughs> oh, just, oh, it's just right there it's right there Exactly. So um, she's gonna break a pole cue over her <laughs> tryouts. Yeah, we only got room for one. So uh, I just don't know about Harris in general as a political figure because if you look at the policies that she put forth when she was a senator from the fine state of California, when mm-hmm. she was the attorney general of California, they are. I think people would be surprised. As to how centrist and or conservative they are yeah, yeah. in terms of incarcerating young black men yeah, with marijuana yeah, convictions, yeah. in terms of... Oh, uh, I don't, leftists don't like her. Like, oh. Oh, no. no, no, you, no you're, you're both right about this. I mean, they love the energy. They, they're getting into this. And again, this is the most they've ever liked her. Yeah, yeah. Okay. she's um, not really talking... The, the clips of her that are going viral, she's not really talking policy. No, no. In, in policy regards, she betrayed the, the community. Oh, she most certainly did Coming, in California. Yeah, that's, that's, she incarcerated. That's common knowledge among hardcore leftists. Yeah. I don't think do a lot, not like her. I don't think a lot of people know Kamala Harris holds the record for the most incarcerations for nonviolent uh, uh, drug offenses in California. Now, some people might be saying, "Wow, that sounds really great." The majority of them were marijuana convictions. That lady went insane when she was the AG for the state of California. So, anyway. Uh, Joe Biden had a couple of gaffes in North Carolina. You know, I was like my Joe Biden gaffe. Yeah. Because, you know, with all that, everybody tells me that he's a criminal mastermind who can barely get a sentence out. I don't really understand it when people say the Biden crime family, because he's not exactly Brando in Godfather. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's not exactly, don't tell anybody what you're thinking, Jack. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It does, it's a far cry from scheming or whatever it might be. Yeah. 
it, it, he's not even Polly from Goodfellas, right? I mean, he's this. <laughs> this is not. A, he can't exactly run a crime family. Paulie didn't say much because he didn't have to. Joe, Joe, Joe didn't say much because he he couldn't. He couldn't. <laughs> he couldn't. Like, like, can we play a couple of these gaffes? Fun, but oh, this is ter- hard. It's hard. March for life is tomorrow in Washington D.C. What's your message to those attending? March. Okay. Like, that's like the best they had. <laughs> yeah. March. What's, what's your advice to those at the march? So, march. Okay, good. So he, he got about a 16th of the way through that response, right? There mm-hmm. was a, there was more following that. There was oh. more preceding oh. that. Oh. But he didn't get to it, right? Because oh. he really should have said, March for life <laughs> is a thing that people do every January. Is what he, But he didn't get that far, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Why do you have such a hard time making fun of the guy, Spike? I don't know, because I'm no, sad. You're, you're looking. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is my guy. Right, but like, no, I, I, I make fun of Trump, and I say that he's cheeseburger daddy, and no, I make I know, fun of his I know, bronzer. I, know. I hear you, I hear you. And I always make, I always crack wise at the former president. And then when we, every time we crack wise at Biden, you get this face, you look on your face like we're making fun of like an Alzheimer's patient, and I feel bad. Well, that's why. It makes me feel bad when I you feel apologize. bad. I don't make you feel bad. I don't make jokes. Because I'm codependent, and I want you to laugh. But then you never laugh at Joe Biden jokes. <laughs> like if I say if I say that if I say Joe Biden was so excited when he got to the White House because he found out that he could have a lifetime supply of Ovaltine, mm-hmm. that you don't laugh, right? Mm-hmm. You, I just a tear starts to form in your eye, it's right? True. Joe Biden's <laughs> Joe Biden's <laughs> Joe Biden got a milkshake. Can I get a spoon? Spoon? <laughs> I, I hear you. It, it's there. It's Joe, right there. Joe for Biden me. was excited to go to the White House because they have more than thirteen channels. Right? What? Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, this is like every time I crack a Joe Biden joke, you look like you're literally about to just burst into tears, right? Because the alternative makes me cry. That's why. <laughs> when we point out what a flawed candidate the guy is and how his, his evil sidekick, the Joker, is even worse. Right. Then- and Jack, you're very nihilist about, about both candidates in a way that I don't think Spike can relate to. You know, well, I, I know that this- one of them is going to be president. That's what breaks my heart here. You, you know, I'm going to you know, have somebody Joe- I take some hope in. Joe Biden is the first president to have the, uh, you know, the clapper. For the mm-hmm. lights. He's the first <laughs> to ever, he had installed in every room oh, in the house. I like that. Which is hard because he wears hard-soled shoes. So all <laughs> so the lights are just, he walks, just clack, clack. turning off and on the whole time. Why do the lights keep going out? Why is it getting dark in here? Right, exactly. Who paid the power bill? I mean, and, he, and he, when he goes to sleep, it's just like the old lady in those commercials. Do you remember the, the Clapper? Clapper commercial? Right, sure, but do you remember yeah. the old lady at the end of the Clapper commercial? She basically did like a ninja Craden roll when she did it. She was like, <laughs> and then she immediately flipped over. She was like Seagal. She was like, ja- she did like a Jackie Chan. This is a visual <laughs> bit, but if you find that commercial okay. on YouTube, the lady who did was in the Clapper commercial, who coincidentally is also Joe Biden, by the way. If you go back and you <laughs> younger watch- sister, yeah, Joe's baby sister. Did if that you go back and you roll. watch that, she does the final clap. Like faster than than uh, Simone Biles can do a backflip. It was in bed before it got dark. It, she was, it was amazing. She was faster <laughs> than the speed of light. It's truly an incredible thing to see. When we get back, I actually, Spike, I wanted to tell you about this. I've been getting targeted ads for home therapeutics, uh, uh, for treatments for depression. Oh, you're kidding! And I'm serious. And they're it's popping up on my feed, and I looked into it, and I think that people should know about this because what it's being advertised as is not the same thing that most people do for depression. Oh, oh. We'll talk about it when we get back right okay. after this. So I have been getting targeted ads, and I'm not sure if this is a safe thing. 
I'm not sure if this is a good thing for people just to kind of casually pick out okay, without so, fully understanding it. Now, you, you, is this from the early segment we did about the, how to combat seasonal affective disorder? This is kind of that. I've been getting ads for Mind Bloom, which is there's a series of companies out there that do at-home ketamine therapy. And ketamine has been approved by the FDA to for some people to take home and then you ingest it and then you think about your problems and then you feel better. Now, ketamine originally was a horse tranquilizer. That's and, what I thought. Right. And it has been shown uh, from the extensive use by hippies to be good for uh, depression and to make Fish's music actually good. So <laughs> um, the problem with the ad, though, is that they make the, the, the way that they are framing it is very not – the vibes are off. The vibes are bad. So the ad starts with a guy. He's a very fit guy. He looks kind of like a tech bro. Mm -hmm. And he's sad, not feeling so good. Gets a package in the mail. What is this? It's Mind Bloom. Opens it up. There's six pills in there. Smile on his face. Hmm, I'm also a little curious, he says to himself. Then he goes, he shuts all the blinds in his very expensive home, by the way, and then lays down on a couch, puts on uh, like a sleeping eye mask, okay. Okay. and then just leans back, and then he's just smiling ear to ear, on ketamine. Now, as someone who has taken ketamine recreationally, I can tell you that it's, uh, it's, <laughs> thank you so much, Andrew. That circumstance that they are portraying, like this, it, this can be a very dramatic emotional event for people. And to frame it as if you're just going to lay back with your favorite blanket and you're going to be listening to fish and you're finally going to get it. Like, this is not really the way. That that works. And I think that they're kind of selling people potentially not the solution. That, now, for many people, ketamine has worked wonders for their depression. Don't get okay. me wrong. Okay. But the, I'm, I'm not critical of ketamine. I'm critical of this advertising mechanism that they're doing because it just makes it seem like it's just going to be this very pleasant. Yeah, sure. Just, Enjoy your time off on the couch there. Right. Put on old, exactly. Just drift away. Exactly. Just kind of drift away. Come sail away. Come sail away with. And then, but some people can have an adverse emotional reaction, right? It's a disassociative drug. It's not like, you know what I'm saying here? Yeah. You're selling this for, it's a subscription that people go and they pay for. Again, there's multiple companies that do this. Is it doctor prescribed? You have to have a doctor in, at there some is point? A doctor. The, okay, there's well, a thank consultation. Goodness. But there was a study that came out last year that said that 50% of respondents who do ketamine therapy abuse the therapies that they get because they use it for recreational purposes. Okay, and they gave you six of them. One's good, two's better, three's fun. <laughs> six <laughs> right. is a whole weekend. So Right, exactly. Okay. So there's, there's been Not a recommended for people on the second floor or higher. A friend of mine is a tech bro in San Jose, California, and he has uh, he's dealt with ADD and depression his entire life. He had a very traumatic childhood. His ketamine clinic, he goes there. There are doctors there, and he's there for about an hour. Okay. Then they, yes, they, they talk with him for an hour afterwards, okay. and then somebody picks him up, right? It is a very, oh, okay, yeah, it is okay. a very careful process. Okay. I don't know how responsible it is to send people a very psychedelic drug. Ask your mailman if ketamine is right for you. Yeah, exactly. That's not enough. And to be honest, wow. it doesn't exact the barrier to entry here is a mere $193. And a stamp. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the barrier to entry here is very, very thin. Wow. And I'm not sure if if this is the best route for these kind of online. Oh, I, I think you know it's not. Come right. On. I'm just saying these kind of like, I say this as a statement of opinion, not a statement of fact for legal reasons. These kind of like online telehealth style 
lifestyle things that people are getting into. I know people who do it the right way. Uh, Ketamine Clinics in Los Angeles is a really great place. Great doc. I know personally the physicians down there, they're great people. This seems the opposite of my experience with ketamine as, as a use for depression. Well, it's when you have a, a shortage of therapists and doctors that can take new patients. Remember how hard it was for you to find a new uh, doctor yeah, in this yeah, town? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all you got is mind bloom and a click? You're, right. We're, we're, we're pushing this. I'm just we're worried about someone, someone pops a couple of ketamine pills and all of a sudden it's boop, 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 boop. Why is my couch? Why won't my couch let me go? Why is my couch trying to strangle me? What's going on with the couch? And here's they offer you, you get to text with your clinician while you're. Oh, okay. Right. So if it goes really bad, you can. That's their level of supervision is a text available? You can get a text back from the new phone. Who Hi, I'm Janice. Your automated. Automated. Counselor, text counselor. It'll be like it'll be like Amazon customer oh. service. Have we resolved your issue for you, sir? <laughs> All right. Uh, Would you na- recommend us to a friend. A plus to everybody except for Spike because uh, for whatever reason Spike gets a C today. Just because I feel it. Hey, I feel a like Friday it. and a C. I'm popping. <laughs> I'm popping ketamine and finding my couch. There you go. Uh, John Curley, Sherry Elliker coming up next. Here's a quote of the day. Not nice shooting, son. What's your name? What does a woman most need? When she is facing an unexpected pregnancy, I will help you. Base. With money. With money. No, spot on. Give so, me that cash, and I will do this thing. Give me that cash, and I will do this thing. Give me that cash, and I will do this thing. Wow. 